if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system is the golf betting system podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 200, featuring the Players' Championship on the PGA Tour and the My Golf Life Open on the DP World Tour. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's golf betting action. Good morning, gents. Good morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. It's going to be a big one this week. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews. Tournament strokes gained analysis. I'm all over that this week for the players. Tournament form statistics and our PGA and DP World Tour predictor models. All of these features, like this podcast, are all completely free of charge. There is no paywall. Why don't you follow us on Twitter? Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. You can follow me at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I actually recorded that yesterday. It's doing great business already. That's a, um, 35 minutes going to real depth around this Players' Championship. So uh, you might be listening to the podcast on the YouTube channel. Um, why don't you catch the Golf Betting Show? And if you haven't subscribed... I'm only actually, chaps, 37 subscribers away from 2,500 subs. So get across the channel, give us a sub, that would be much appreciated. Right, five-star review time. The reviews power this podcast. So we need your five-star reviews as ever. For those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. This one is entitled Brilliant Golf Betting and DFS Podcast, five stars. Brilliant, straightforward golf betting and DFS podcast. Simply three reasonable and knowledgeable golf experts discussing their thoughts, research and advice on upcoming PGA Tour events. A must listen for any DFS player or anyone interested in golf betting. And that is from Fritz, and Fritz is in New York City, the USA. Thanks, Fritz. Much appreciated. Lovely stuff. Yeah, thank you, Fritz. Yeah, that, I, that's kind of how we try and keep it, boys, isn't it? It's um, it's just a it's just a friendly chat about the events that are coming up that week and uh, a horrible post-mortem of the previous week, usually. <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling this is going to be a very painful one. What I'm going I'm, I'm going to jump to the front of the queue because I'm the host, so... Here's my list. McNeely, second. Wolf, second. Morikawa, second. Kokrag, first. Hughes, second. Hoagie, second. Zalatoris, second. I'm onto a second post-it note now, guys. Scheffler, first. Victor Hovland, second. That's where I am at, at this season. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He was my eighth second-placed finish of the season. When I saw that weather forecast for the weekend, I knew it'd be tr- tr- tricky for Victor because I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say I'm the voice of pessimism with Victor, but I just know his shortfalls, and his shortfalls is a completely short game, clearly. Um, and when you see a windy forecast, a fur and firm greens. You worry for him. And I must say, if you actually compare his performance year on year, because we had exactly the same kind of conditions uh, in 2021, where he completely and utterly bailed out, you can see the mass improvement in him. But there wasn't enough improvement to just finally get the job done. And Scotty Scheffler was the guy that just ground out those pars and had the short game, had the temperament. US Open top 10, remember, Scotty Scheffler. Mm. And he got the job done. That's two wins in three tournaments, am I correct? It is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's now got a chance of world number one, which is incredible. It's incredible in golf how quickly you can just turn things. I mean, there's a guy that hadn't won. He, he was spineless, you know, the usual stuff you see on Twitter – Hasn't got the balls, this, that, and the other. He wins two huge tournaments in three. Next thing you know, he's got a chance of world number one. Madness. It's tight, isn't it? It's, it this is the it's whole point. Time. Is it, it's yeah. It, there's a lot of talent at the top of world golf, and there's a lot of talented players who are very, very similar in terms of their, yeah. Uh, I guess their winning ability, and you know. It, if if one of them drops off a little bit and doesn't win for a while, and a couple of the others or one of the others does it. Constantina's up and down, and they, these players get themselves into position. As I mean, Scheffler wasn't a mile away before, wasn't even before he won his first tournament. He was, um, I, I'll say, he was top ten, top fifteen in the world. He was close, wasn't he? But um, he, since he's got those wins, he's, he's left left himself this opportunity and be massive for him, wouldn't it? It's massive for any player, I guess. But he, uh, since since Mayakova, he's gone fourth, second, fifty seventh, second, twenty fifth, twentieth. Win seventh win, mm. wow! It's a serious it's run of phenomenal, golf. isn't it? Played so well at the Ryder Cup. Coming up, of course, to his home event soon, the World Golf Championship, which he got to the final last year, didn't he? Got beat by Billy Ho in the final. Mm. Playing some great stuff. I think it's. Am I right in thinking now? It's. it's he can grab world number one, and Morikawa can grab world number one this week. I, I, I think I'd I look saw that. To, yeah, I'd have to have a look at the actual permutations of it, but it's it, it's tight because there's a lot of points up for grabs this week, and you know you haven't got this runaway scenario that you used to have with Tiger years ago, where he was you know a country mile ahead of everyone else. It's the world number one is usually within touching distance. Here you go, Scotty Scheffler become could become number one in the world if he wins the players, and if John Rahm finishes worse than solo tenth. And Colin Murakawa finishes worse than three-way tied second. Mm. So it's all up for grabs, yeah. T- I don't, I don't really want to go that, too deep Steve. into this because with, with you guys, I mean, this could be one of the blackest, darkest last week sections we've ever done with Paul. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's, it's beyond funny, really. How you ended up getting a complete and utter loss from the magical. It wasn't so magical for you, was it? 
for the from the magical Kenya Open was absolutely crazy. I feel for the, you, I must say. Go the on, magic talk, kind of talk, 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 talk the listeners through it, Paul, in a, in a succinct way. The magic did drain out of the event, didn't it? As it as we went through the as we went through the four days, and I, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I wrote my preview for this week yesterday, and um, I normally do a bit of uh, a recap on the previous week, but I really couldn't bring myself to do no, it because it was. I can imagine. Yeah, I, no, I mean the, the, the summary would be that yeah we had Veerman and Sharma up um, in a tie for second after the first day, looking really strong, both playing really well. Sharma was clear at the halfway point. Um, he was what did I back him fifty to one I think. Uh, Marcus Kinnault came through on Saturday when Sharma fell backwards, and uh, he was sitting in second going into the final day, and then uh, he fell away on Sunday. So it all came down to the seventy second hole, which is the par five. Which um, well, if he, if he pars the par five, then I get a share of sixth and I get a bit back. Bird is it full place? Um, you know, you, you've doubled your week effectively, um, and he bogeyed it. So of course mm. I get absolutely nothing, which um, which was rather frustrating. And then of course we go into the evening, um, and well, you know, you, you had uh, you had Victor, I had um, uh, Billy Horschel, um, you and I, Barry both had Gary Woodland. We had it surrounded. Absolutely. The surrounded. only one we didn't have was Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, <laughs> and Scheffler wins. It's. Um, I, know, I know you managed to you managed to get a bit back, Barry, with um, with Woodland on the uh, on the exchanges, didn't you? Which was mm. rather a canny move on the uh, on the seventeenth tee before he made double bogey to take himself out of the lead and eventually into a tie for fifth. Which, um, yeah. as, as I described to you boys earlier, I'd only backed in five places because I was getting greedy with the price, so that was chopped in half as well. But yes, well, no, you, you you did play play a good move there, Barry. I didn't want to get totally... I mean, I wanted to try balance something, give myself a decent win equity, but get something out of it as well, because you know, those last two holes are no joke. That 18th, I'd say, was probably playing about average of 7.5. It mm. was brutal. But so I, I, I laid off a little bit between 16 and 17. He was trading about two on the 17th tee, but you know he's one shot clear. He needs to go par par. He is you know, has shown he can be one of the most sensible golfers out there for just knocking off the pars, playing the smart shot. And, uh, I mean, look, whether if he went for the line or not on 17, we'll never know. But uh, he hit a really good shot, probably missed the, you know, maybe pushed it three, four yards, and that mm-hmm. misses the green then. And, yeah, once once he hit that fried, once he was sitting on the edge of that fried egg, it was never going to be an easy shot. It kind of introduces doubt to the situation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, when the pressure's on and doubt is introduced, that uh, it's not a good combination. And, yeah, we all saw the pretty pretty horrible result. And as soon as he missed the green, though, the, the market disappeared or the price went. So you have to just strap in and see if he can manage to get it home at that stage. Um, you're not going to lay off for a few more, you know, just a few more euro. No. It was it was pr- pretty harsh, but um, yeah, it's the way it is. Scheffler Scheffler made an out. I think it was fourteen or fifteen. Just made an outrageous par because mm-hmm. he was behind the tree off the tee. Um, nearly had like I don't know, he hit he hit the shaft of the club trying to play this like hooded shot to get out. Left in the rough and then played an outrageous shot to about twenty foot and made the putt. Like he should have been making at least a bogey from that situation, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, I mean, these are the things you need that little bit of luck to go with you and some amazing shots. And he's uh, he's a serious golfer when he when he 
when he's playing like this. It's hard to stop. Yeah. Like I any know. of these guys when they're playing this well. Great when tournament. They, when they reach that, yeah. When Great they tournament. That peak. Great conditions. I thought fantastic conditions. There was a load of sniping and moaning, Rory McIlroy and the like. And they're saying, oh, well, what's going to happen? People won't come and play at Bay Hill. And you just think to yourself, well, okay, well, that's kind of true, I suppose. So what are they going to do? Are they going to play none of the Florida Swing whatsoever because the Florida Swing is known for horribly difficult golf courses? So you're all going to have a month off, are you? I think think the thing that they might have had the course a little bit imbalanced was like the sheer heaviness of the rough. Oh, it was bad. Um, yeah. It was US it Open was just, tough, wasn't it? it? Yeah, but I mean, that's not, I mean, that, yeah, that old style US Open tough where it's just like brutal and penal. I, I think they missed a trick around the greens by having the rough all the way up to the collars because it doesn't allow for variety of shots around the greens yeah. and people to showcase their skills. All you have is a gauge out pop shot yeah. and the, the, the skill that they have to rely on then is just judging how the ball is going to come out. There's no variety in the kind of shot type they can play. And it's I think that's a little bit of a shame because it's it's more interesting watching a you know a variety of clubs and shot types being played from around the green on um on, on cutback roll-offs rather than just this high waisted rough around right up to the neck of the collars of the green. The, the I think is, that, that might be the thing that they were giving out about a bit. The Florida golf's meant to be tough, isn't it? The whole swing, Honda Classic, Valspar in a couple of weeks' time, the players, none of it's a gimme. So, you know, they just got to kind of lump on and get on with it, really. Mm. I, I, I just think golfers, are so, they just they just all love 25 under par targets now. The, the reason I, One of the reasons I went for Victor was actually because of that rough. Because it meant that he, he, you know, he wasn't even in more trouble, you know. Because Victor yeah. off of greens um, and with, ch- you know, from chipping collection areas, it's it's a real shocker. Um, so I mean, that kind of neatly takes us on to the Players Championship in a, in, a, in a weird way, because um, the Players Championship um, clearly is it twenty million dollar prize fund this week? Something, yeah, huge. Something mad. Um, it's of course the PGA Tours premier event played at the stadium course TPC Sawgrass Ponte Vedra Beach so basically this is PGA Tour HQ this is the Wentworth of uh, effectively the PGA Tour it's a Pete Dye 1980 design it's had various renovations and redesigns. The latest was Steve Wensloff in 2016. I remember the year prior to 2016, they let the they let the course bake out. I think that was the year that Jason could have been the year Jason Day won, and that was absolutely evil. That mm. course. Um, and this is the point. It's moved. The, the tournament has moved from May now to March. I much prefer it. I think the general consensus is it's it's better because it used to be perched in between the Masters and the US Open and kind of got almost superseded. But now it's a perfect stepping stone to the Masters where players can peak. Yeah. This, is a, this is a huge title. 
I think without the WGC and the schedule um, now, that makes mm. perfect sense to have it there. Um, it gives everyone a, a world class warm up before um, yeah, well, month month or so before the Masters. So yeah, good move. It's a slightly different format again this year. I mean, this is all mere detail, but um, they've extended the drivable, although it wasn't particularly drivable, 12th. They cut that right back and it got, you know, they tried to create a risk and reward on the 12th, but there was far too much risk and very little reward. So everyone was still just laying up. They've extended that hole back out to 369 yards. So that takes the course 7,256 yards. So, yeah, yeah. In terms of our categorization, Paul, it is a very short par 72. Um, it features four par fives, three of which are reachable to the whole field. Uh, I think there's one that's kind of more for the bombers key features of this golf course though and this is something you know make a note this 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 to me is the crux of the matter 17 of the holes have water hazards let me repeat that 17 of the 18 holes have water hazards the greens are 5,500 square feet on average. Now that compares to 7,500 that we've seen for the last two Florida stop-offs. So we're losing a th pretty much a third of green size. And this is the bit that I find really fascinating this week. You'll hear and people mention, oh, they're Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens. And that is true, but they're kind of not Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens. We've now moved to March. Frost. Cold conditions still very much in play in Florida. I think frost might be a little extreme, but it gets rather chilly in the evenings. These greens are overseeded with Poa Trivialis and Velvet Bent Grass. So they are not grainy, tiff eagle, Bermuda grass greens. And I, that, I always think that, that that brings a whole new um, dynamic to this tournament. And it's interesting, the two players that have won this over the, la the two runnings in, in March, I mean, Rory McIlroy, who, as we know, has always been bent grass positive when you just look at his DP World Tour heritage. I couldn't say the same for Justin Thomas, but you do see a lot of names up here now that you think, well, actually, they, they tend to go a little bit better on bent grass, or they're at least neutral. This isn't. This used to be a bit of a Bermuda grass birdie fest, you know, where mm. your, your typical Bermuda grass experts would get in the mix, you know, like a Webb Simpson, a Matt Kuchar, a KJ Choi. But now I think it's a lot more open with this overseeding of the golf course. The rough and the uh, the rough and the fairways are also overseeded, so it's not your typical Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Florida setup. In terms of course correlation, though, I have to say, with all the water that's in play, it's very very similar in essence to the Honda Classic that we saw two weeks ago. Another golf course where you make one mistake off the tee and you're eating double straight away. So yeah, good golf course. 
It's a golf course that suits no style of play, and that was always Pete Dye's ambition with this golf course. The best player of the week, whether he be a bomber or whether he be Brendan Todd, will win the tournament, theoretically. Have you got any um, anything you, or any thoughts or musings about this golf course, you two, that you'd like to bring to the table? No, personally, it's just one of those ones that I um, particularly enjoy. I, I, I enjoy sitting down and watching the the action. Of course, all the hypes about the the seventeenth hole, but um, the course itself is um, is very fair, but also. Um, you know, really, really quite, um, really quite stringent. And I think the fact that it's a seventy-two um, with four par fives, but the, the scoring doesn't get out of control. Um, you know, it suggests that you've got to make your score on those par fives. But some of the some of the rest of the holes really are quite um, exacting, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's, it's certainly no pushover. I, I like the fact that you um, any style of player, and you've you've alluded to it just a second ago, and and, and touched on it in your in your preview as well. Any style of player can win this. It's not it doesn't alienate the shorter players. It doesn't overly compensate the uh, the longer players. You've just got to play some really good golf. And uh, yeah, I, I very much look forward to it. It's one of, one of my one of my faves in the year. That that's it's the genius. The design is genius. I mean, there's very few courses that um, kind of spread equally across the different skill sets and allow the, the different range of players to all compete on a reasonably fair basis on a given week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal design. I, I think it. It kind of hits a little bit like a master's light because it's a big tournament and it's one that happens on the same course every year or has done for a long time now. And it's one that we build familiarity with. So you know what holes are coming, you know what challenges lay ahead, you know, as the players are progressing through their round. And that enhances the experience as a, as a viewer. Um, as a punter, it can scare the shit out of you because you know what's coming. Um but I think that all just amps up the excitement and, and makes it a really great week to watch. Yeah, I'll, ta- I'll take so. you through. Um, well, since since the we moved to March, the cut line has been minus one and level par. Um, the lead has been nine under and twelve under after round two, and we've had sixteen under and fourteen under winning totals. This, it has to be said, is one of the most controllable golf courses on the planet. And they do like that mid-score finish. You know, anything 14, 16, even 18, they're kind of acceptable. But you do, get, you, you know, you just look at the winning scores. There are a lot of 15, 14, 15s and 16s under par. Yeah, a stretching, a stretching target. I actually think that this course is very... You look at the winners here. It's, there's a lot of US Open candidates here that do well. I think it restricts a lot of players and they don't like it. You know, if you're a pure bomber, if you're Tony Finau who likes to take driver off of every tee imaginable, I think you get here and you think, oh God, you know, I'm, I'm having to play positional golf. I don't like this. It feels to me as if it's like a Matthew Wolf's worst, worst nightmare, this golf course. <laughs> well, when Tony's looking at 17 out of 18 holes with water in yeah. play, then, um, uh, yeah, it's, you, you can see why. If anyone's prices. telling you this week, listeners, that Tony Finau is a good play because of this statistic and that statistic, don't listen to it. 
this is not a Tony Finau course. It's it it's this is a course. It's a major championship course in terms of um, you know you've got to have be able to grind out pars. You've got to have a short game, but you can't have errant driving. <laughs> you know, you, you, I was a massively impressed last year with Bryson DeChambeau because he to me doesn't fit this golf course, but he actually got right into the mix because he he was actually saying to himself, yep, I'm not taking driver off this, I'm taking three-wood, I'm taking iron, and he can actually get into that psyche where it worked for him. But a lot of golfers, as we know, can't do that. They literally just, they can't tolerate that. that that's not the way they play golf. So it's it's one of those, really. Um, in terms of winners, we talked to, oh, i tell you what else I need to talk about quickly, because I know we've got tight on time, is the weather this week. It looks absolutely fascinating, got to say it. Thursday looks wet, 22 degrees. It's been drying the build-up. It could potentially rain today, Tuesday. could potentially rain tomorrow, Wednesday. And it's getting, the chances of rain just getting higher and higher throughout the week. I think we're going to see a soft golf course. I think we're going to see a soft golf course at points. I mean, it might not even be Thursday. It, it, it still might have a bit of zip in it on Thursday. But at some point, this, this course is going to get drenched. Um... There looks like it could be rain Thursday. Looks like it could be rain Friday. The winds are quite light though, so I think this course is gettable Thursday, Friday. And then Saturday looks a total and utter. Oh, wow. There's this front coming through. Temperatures plunge. They actually plunge during the day, which is rare. They start off 7 o'clock for the early starters on Saturday at 21 degrees Celsius. Then it goes 17, 15. By the close of play, we're down to 14 and 12 degrees Celsius. And the winds are up to 35 miles an hour. There's also a risk of rain, but not a great risk. So I think they're going to have to play it. And then on Sunday, listen to this. I mean, I've never seen this in my life at the players. You can, you know, this is what half the re well, one of the risks of moving it to March. You know, in the morning, it's going to be four and seven degrees Celsius in Florida. It all Brilliant. feels very, very European in makeup. This it really does. I don't think uh, some of some of these players are not going to like this at all. I mean, gusting thirty-five on Saturday and a plunging temperature, and then it's you know seven, it's going to max out at nine, ten degrees on Sunday. The winds are going to be that nagging 10, 15 miles an hour. The snoods will be out on Sunday then, by the looks of it. I think we're going to see some mittens. <laughs> the double we're going to see some mittens chaps on Sunday morning oh it's so cold but here that does also suggest I mean if it's deteriorating that rapidly during the day on Saturday the, yeah. um, the positions um, as of the leaderboard on Friday night you know, un unless they unless they do something funky with the draw on Saturday to try and bring you know create a U draw and bring everyone out at the same time to try and get the Get the event or get the day done before the worst of the weather comes in. Um, if yeah. they if they play it so the leaders are out last, then um, you know it, it could really uh, equalise the field, couldn't it? You could get players coming through from the cut line or just just above the cut line into contention. Potentially, contention. although it's it's gusting thirty five from seven o'clock onwards a whole day, mate. Right, okay. Uh, in my mind, you won't see a JT coming from 38 shots behind like we did last year. Yeah, yeah. 
I think you're going to need to be on the pace and then it's just hang on for grim death on Saturday. Mm. Sunday, lighter winds, but very, very cold. Right, here we go. Right, let's start talking about winners, potentially. In fact, let's not. Let's talk about bookmakers. Let's talk about bookmakers. Paddy, uh, Boyle Sports have gone 11 places each way. That is a record. 11 places each way with Boyle Sports at the Players' Championship. As we know, regular listeners, they have given out the most additional each way places across both 2020, 2021, and also so far in 2022. Pushing the envelope, 11 places each way, 50 odds this week at the Players' Championship. That's never been done before. So that's worthy of note. There's some great deals out there. As we said, William Hill have gone nine places each way and are guaranteed best market price on the top 10. Worth looking at. Bet365 have extended their terms. They've got very strong prices, as we know. They are also eight places each way of 50 odds this week. So they're giving away an extra three places, but they're actually um, giving you a 50 odds this week. So they're extending out. One thing we have noticed with Bet365 this year, really, is that they have been outstanding on price. Take the Arnold Palmer Invitational last week, where they were the equal or best market price on 112 of the 120-man field. They're also offering eight places each way, 50 odds this week at the Players' Championship. So for those of you wanting the best golf odds right now, we at Golf Betting System recommend Bet365. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current Bet £10. Get £50 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer, plus the T's and C's in this podcast description. So, fantastic odds at the moment with Bet365. They are also eight places each way of 50 odds at... The players. So, any of those bookmakers, Balls, William Hill, if you're interested in a new account, come to Golf Betting System and uh, they are all advertised there. Right. This was interesting, chaps, in terms of a winner. Right. Justin Thomas had played here five times before winning. Rory McElroy, nine times. Webb Simpson, eight times. Siwoo Kim, second time. Okay. But he really is out there on a limb. Day, Fowler and Keimer had all played this tournament five times before winning. Kuchar, seven. Choi, nine. Tim Clark, seven. Average that through, 61 appearances. So the average, and they were all first-time winners. The average time here, six appearances before you get the job done. I think experience here is absolutely vital. I also got this statistic off Bill Ivey on Twitter. Well worth a follow, Bill. Very knowledgeable. Since 2015, 70 players have finished T10 or higher at the players. Only six of those players have lost strokes around the green that particular week. Mm. This is... I will say this right now. This is not a Victor Hovland golf course with Victor Hovland the way that he plays at the moment. You have got to have short game. Another thing that I've noticed here about previous winners is um, Keimer, he'd finished 43rd the year before. Fowler missed the cut. Day missed the cut. Siwoo Kim finished 23rd the year before he won. That was his first appearance. Simpson, 16th. McElroy missed cut. Justin Thomas, 35th. 
So there doesn't seem to be any of this top 10 the year before. And then they win. It's very, very random. And I think that's this golf course. It literally is whoever's playing the best that week. It's so random, the results. They're incredible. There's a huge, 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 huge link, and this won't shock anybody, with the Honda Classic. There is a huge link also with Bay Hill and just Florida golf courses in general. But I genuinely think, and I've, you know, I just look at this statistically, every single year here, you are seeing players like Thomas, McElroy, Simpson. They were all in the top 40 for strokes gained around the green category as they arrived at the tournament. So if you're, if you, if you're finding a player that you fancy and they're outside the top 50 in the strokes gained around the green category right now, I'd potentially worry about that because they don't tend to... I'm talking about winners here, not places as ever. I'm talking about winners. They don't tend to win. Got to have short going. And that comes through in my numbers. You know, I, I do the analysis of stats, strokes gained around, you know, the winners here, work it yep. back. I've never seen this before. Never, ever seen this before. Strokes gained off the tee, 15th. Strokes gained on approach, 20th. Strokes gained around the green, 11th. Strokes gained tee to green, 5th. Strokes gained putting, 27th. So strokes gained around the green of the winners of this tournament going back to 2016, in terms of the position within the field, was the most important of the lot more important than both approach and off the tee that's crazy mm. and if you go through traditional stats you get exactly the same scrambling's the most important variable 12th so i know when i built my predictor model i doubled up on both strokes gained around the green variable and scrambling yeah yeah, got to be saving those pars, haven't you? Saving whatever shots or or gaining shots around the green if that's um, if you're in the position to do so. Quality field, right? I was absolutely shocked to see Colin Morikawa at the ten to one favourite with Paddy Power. I've never seen that before. That might be something we start to see in the future. He might be the new John Rahm, but he was ten to one with favourite with Paddy Power. It's they, yeah. You know, bookmakers don't know. I mean, I'm reading the William Hill odds right now. Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, all fourteen to one. We then jump to Victor Hovland at twenty to one. I wouldn't touch him personally if you want a winner. Rory McIlroy has drifted since I went live with my tips. He's a twenty to one chance. Patrick Cantlay, twenty two to one. There was twenty eight to one hanging about him early. I knew people would be far too tempted on that. I don't think Cantley's playing the right game at the moment to win this, so we'll see how that pans out. It's a lot of his play at the moment is all with the putter. Um, approach play doesn't seem that great at the moment. Scheffler 25s, Xander 28s, Berger 30s. He's been nibbled away at, as you would expect, because we know how good he is at the Honda Classic. Matsuama at 30s, Cam Smith 33s, DJ 35 to 1 and 40 to 1 bar the rest. Right. I am straight in this week with Rory McIlroy. I was out early, probably the earliest of anyone. Two and a half points I put on 18 to 1, William Hill, nine places each way of 50 odds. I just loved his numbers last week. You know, forget about the bleating. First for total driving, 13th for greens in regulation, third for ball striking at the Butt Arnold Palmer. And that is how Rory McIlroy plays his best golf. And he opened with that minus 765. And everyone was talking, oh, five to two, Rory, and he's he's gonna go, he's gonna go um wire to wire. 
So I put that tweet out that said he hasn't gone wire to wire on the PJ Tour since the 2014 Honda Classic, and he started to go backwards. But he's playing good golf for all, isn't he? Mm. He gets an awful lot of first-round leads, doesn't he? And um, I, I, it's almost like you need him not to start as quickly as he... Yeah. As he often does, no, kind of, kind of build through and peak for that final round rather than peaking on a Thursday, and then it all. all I think he's now three of eighteen after a first round lead on the PJ Tour. Mm. But yeah, you you just want him nestling there, two or three off the lead. Yeah. Twelfth in Abu Dhabi, third in Dubai, tenth at the Genesis, thirteenth last week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, twenty to one. I think that's a steal. I really do. He loves this golf course. He just loves Florida golf. You know, a winner at Bay Hill. A winner at the Honda Classic. I won't go through all the results. You don't need to. He's just stellar in Florida. So I think I think he's there or thereabouts. The other one of the elite. If I re- if you had to hold a gun to my head, and I think we'll have a good week this week, is actually John Rahm because his approach player right now is unbelievable. But he just cannot putt for Toffee. If that putter even thaws to a point where it's kind of just slightly better than average, he's going to be right in the mix, Ron. Yeah, yeah. Although, but four to, I, I just can't fourteen to one, John Rahm. I just, I just, I just can't touch it. I just, it's just not value. It, it just doesn't work for me. No, I mean, given those numbers you read through a minute ago, the um, the the emphasis on putting isn't isn't huge here. Um, so he could get away with a middling week, but it's got it's got to be middling rather than um, right at the you know, yeah dragging, dragging the depths of the, uh, the the bottom of the putting. It isn't stand, a putting so. contest, no. Statistically, no. right next up for me, Hideki Matsuya Matsuyama, two points each way, thirty to one with William Hill, nine plays each way, fifty odds. He's the sort, isn't he? He really is the sort. Seven appearances here: twenty third, seventeenth, seventh, twenty second, eighth. And he was first round leader in 2020 when they all packed up and went home. We all we all hide, hid in our houses for six months. He shot a nine under 63 to lead the tournament. I think Matsuama's got a great chance this week. Finished really strongly last week over in Bay Hill. I think he was in the top five for Sunday scoring in the worst of the weather. And he's going to love these greens because these are the old greens that he used to do so well on at Scottsdale. Phoenix Open. Yep. That velvet bent grass. Yeah, the overseed helps him, I think, doesn't it? Because yep. um, pure um, pure Bermuda doesn't tend to be his best service, not yet, given that he won early in the year on Bermuda. But um, but yes, if if you take all of his <clears throat> results over the career, then, then you wouldn't categorise Bermuda as his top surface, would you? Well, the Sony Open where he putted at eight mm. strokes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd had a word with Brad, I think, that day. The whisperer had been onto him. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm on Matsuama. I think, I mean, he's got the perfect profile for me. All the experience, some decent top tens around here, and those greens are going to sue him. The other one I had to take, and I'm surprised, I'm I'm not seeing any movement on him whatsoever in the market, is Brooks Kepka. He's, he said the other week he's embarrassed about his world ranking. And it's, you know, you know how Brooks struts around, blah, 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 blah. He's not bothered about anything. But at the moment, I think he genuinely cares that he need, he wants to get a big tournament. And I don't care what anyone says about Brooks Kepka. He's not interested in winning the Honda Classic. Doesn't interest him. But I tell you what, he wouldn't mind a player's championship on his CV. 
right now, especially now when he's embarrassed about his world rank. And he's actually showing some decent signs. Third at the Waste Management Phoenix Open last month when he defended. He was seventh for strokes going off the tee, which is his weapon of choice. 16th tee to green and fifth for putting. Can't argue with that. And then at the Honda Classic last time out, 17th for off the tee, 21st for approach, 14th for tee to green. Finish 16th. I also like the fact that when you look at our strokes gained analysis poll of everyone that's played here since 2016, he sits in the top 20. And for a player that kind of can't be asked after time, that actually shows a level consistency for this course. Yep. yep. He's also another one that holds the joint course record 9 under 63 around here, which he achieved in 2018 when he finished 11th. Yeah, it's got to come I, down to his own motivation, isn't it? If he if, if he really wants to go for it this week, then you'd expect to see him in the frame. He's, he's capable and you know, more than competent to do that. I think if you were going to take three at good prices this week, McElroy at 20 to 1, you would also take Dustin Johnson at 35 to 1. I'm not talking about anything here, I'm just talking about purely about value. Rory at 20s, Dustin Johnson at 35 to 1, and Brooks Kepka at 40 to 1 are the shining beacons. I mean, I've got Brooks Kepka at 40 to 1 or Daniel Berger as short as 25 to 1. I mean, that crazy times we live in, really. I just think with Kepka, I, I, I genuinely think that something like the players, now that he's also lost a WGC that he'd always used to go for, you mentioned this earlier, Paul, that's gone. This is really the tournament that's going to interest him before the Masters. Yep. And, it, and I genuinely think he's lacking in confidence. He will want to go as well as he can this week. I don't think he's just going to be strutting in like he does. Oh, I can't be bothered. Missed the cut. I don't think we're seeing... We're not, when he's talking about being embarrassed about his world rank, I think he's finally got his head around the fact he actually needs to start producing some results. Uh, one on from that is Shane Lowry. 45-1 to 1 on Shane. Does it really need a lot of um, um, explanation? Not really. He's great on Florida golf courses. Um, This is his seventh appearance at the players. Bad weather in the forecast. And he was second last time out of the Honda Classic. And we know that he was so close to winning before your man Sepp Stracker finished like a greyhound and, and took the victory. I think Larry's in good nick. This course really fits. I think it fits him and he's driving the ball so well at the moment and his approach play. He's actually ranking in this field over the last eight weeks, if you take the DP World Tour and the PJ Tour all into account, he ranks number one in this field for T to green over the past eight weeks. So he's definitely in for me, Shane Larry, who's got an understated record here. But last time he finished in the top 10 here 12 months ago, at 200 to 1. That's how bad he was playing at that point. Also, you do get a lot of winners here. Webb Simpson, Matt Kuchar. Um, there's a mat- load of them who haven't won for a long period of time and get the job done here. And Shane Lowry fits in that category absolutely 100%. Finally, 125 to 1. Point each way with bet 365. Eight place each way of 50 odds. Alex Norren. I actually loved the fact with Norren, 
Sixth at TPC Scottsdale, fifth at PGA National last time out, the Honda Classic. We know that he had a third at the Honda Classic. That course just correlates so nicely. And I just think for an each way punt, top eight, 125 to one, a guy that's desperate to get into the world's top 50 to get a Masters invite, this course is perfect for him. And I love the fact it's overseeded with that velvet bent grass because as we've said on this podcast, multiple times Alex Noren's best putting surface because he's Northern European is bent grass or mix of bent po or whatever I think he will respond to those greens because they've got that velvet bent grass covering yep so that's where I'm at Noren for me Lowry Kepka Matsuyama Rory McIlroy over to you two Don Barry you go first it's going to be kind of boring. I'm, I'm matching up with Steve, so um, I'll see you in the bridesmaids' chairs, Steve, for second place. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stick with Hideki this week. I yeah, just didn't get close enough last week, but um, there's just so many good things and good reasons to back him. Yeah. So yeah, for for everything you've said, I just cannot ignore it. Uh, it should be ideal. Um, I, I'm, I I can't resist like I can't resist Rory. I'm gonna back him on the exchange. I just 25s there on the exchange. So wow. I'll, yeah, I'll take. Um, I've taken can, a bit can, of. That. Can you and one I, of you two explain to me why is that price? It's great, isn't it? <laughs> just like you always say, once Rory hits 20s, then watch out. It usually uh, correlates with the the win coming in. So. CJ Cup, last victory, PJ Tour Barry, 22 to 1. He won the Wells Fargo last year at 18 to 1. And he also won the Arnold Palmer Invitational at 20 to 1. So three of his last four wins, oh, sorry, three of his last five wins on the PJ Tour have been at 18s, 20s, and 22s. Mm. I, I think what's happening this week is this because the golf course allows. Uh, everybody to compete no matter their skill set it kind of spreads the picks across the board yeah so it's very easy to make a case for a huge number of golfers it's hard to chop down mm, true the field to to a big you know to a short number of uh picks so yeah. maybe that's what the money is spread across a bit and not as focused on rory as it, it could be on another course so yeah i mean i'm happy 25s on the exchange give me that and he's you know, there's also a possibility to top up as well on the day because if I did I read that correctly, he's not out until the afternoon wave. So if you know there's a few people or a few under par, his price could drift a bit more. So wow. I could maybe get a little bit more on him before he even tees off at a, a higher price. So yeah, and 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 then I'm I'm with you on Shane. I mean, the way he's hitting the ball at the moment, like he's. It, the ball flight control was just superb um, and, mm. you know, an unfortunate sequence of uh, circumstances to to deny him a proper chance at that 18th um, where Straka won. But other than that, he's, uh, he's hitting the ball phenomenal and that'll just uh, motivate him even more being so close uh, so recently. So, can't uh, I just can't, can't fade him to me, for me. Uh, I- I'm going to... S- I'm going to stick with Woodland as well this week. Just it's just FOMO. He doesn't have an amazing record around here, but you know the last two weeks have been played on difficult golf courses, and he's you know to finish fifth both weeks. He's you know there's a lot of good stuff going on in his game, and 
you know, it can, like you said, you don't need an amazing record here to to all of a sudden for it to click and to match up. So he was very um, true. Yeah, he's touching triple digits on the exchange. So Webb Simpson won here off of two T20s in five apps, 15ths and 16ths. You you haven't got to have a top 10 in here to win. So, yeah. So I also I, had a I, very I, close look at Max Homer. Max Homer's playing some great golf right now. Yeah. Just didn't quite see enough. He was the one yeah. that I actually started writing the tip and backed out of and put oh Alex Noren in there instead. So. Everybody go back, Max Homer, immediately. Go back, Max Homer, <laughs> 70 to 1 with Bet365 right now. Get yeah. eight places. So I'm just, I've done a little bit of exchange betting for now to grab good prices and I'll, I'll settle in and kind of add a little uh, bookmaker bet. So uh, that's why I haven't been mentioning any of the bookies odds on them so far, but I'll, I'll find the best kind of match of uh, or mix of price and places. Mm. It's a difficult one to figure out when you're seeing like massive, you know, eight places, 11 places and you're trying to weigh it all up. And like if you're Paul, you're asking for four places each way. That's about <laughs> as much as you want. But three times the price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What about you, Paul? Yeah, we're in trouble, chaps, because um, we're all on, on this, a similar kind of wavelength, unfortunately. Um, I'm on Shane as well, so that's all three of us. But I, the, the comments he made after after losing out at the um, at the Honda, um, he talked about how he was playing, in his own opinion, some of the best golf of his career. And I think that you know the, the players can gauge their own form, their, their their own state of game. And I think he knows he's playing extremely, extremely well at the moment. And yeah, as you said, he, eighth last year can build on that. That was a personal best. I'm sure he he's got the game to improve on that. The conditions seem to be playing into his hands as well. And I, I thought 45 to one was um, extremely fair. I thought he would be a bit shorter than that personally. So yeah, we said forty as or maybe thirty threes over the weekend. Yeah, with we? with with a lot of places, maybe thirty three. So forty fives with eight, which was uh, bet three six five. I took yeah. that with. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I, I'm more than happy to take that price. Um, like you, Barry, I've stuck with Gary Woodland um, fifth fifth over the last two weeks. So despite all of my moaning, he has paid back some each way money over the last two weeks and. Um, I'm, I've got nine places this week, so um, where's it going to come? T10? We'll see. 66 to 1, I took. With I expect he'll be sort of 6th or 7th coming to the 17th, and he'll bang it in the water, triple <laughs> that or double that, and you'll end up 11th or 12th. I might need a new telly if that's the case. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Woodland's in, Lowry's in, uh, Brian Harmon have backed at 125s, fairly straightforward, 8th and 3rd over the last two attempts here, 8th previously back in, what, uh, 2015, wasn't it? 3rd um, at the Amex recently, 14th at Phoenix as well, playing some good stuff, bit of wind in the forecast, um, I think that plays to Brian Harmon's strengths as well. So he's 125 to 1 again with bet 3658 each way. Um, and the other one, final one I've backed, um, Adam Scott. I, I know you were on Scott last week. And, um, he, well, he, he, oddly, his long game that had looked so Deserted, good the previous it, yeah. time. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit up and down, hasn't he? So his long game looked really good the time before. Um, and uh, then it all went to pot. He was losing uh, losing strokes approach. He was losing strokes to Tita Green. Putting was um, on fire last week. So um, if we... I, I don't know. I, I, he can put it all together. He, he can win... On this course, he won. Is it way back? Wasn't it 2014? I think it was. Um, some decent results since then. Some top tens. 
you know, in some decent form so far this year, I think um, he's got a chance at a price. 55 to 1 I took. Again, that was with Bet365 with eight places. So um, given that he's been there or thereabouts a few times so far this season, three top tens from, what, six starts, I think it is. Um, yeah, I think I think that's worth taking on at the price there. But yes, they're the four that I've done. Lowry, Scott, Woodland and Brian Harmon. I'll leave you with two nuggets and then we'll move on to the My Golf Life Open. Since this tournament's been... Well, when this tournament has been in March, no player has won it going way back without having played in Florida before the players. Interesting. Yep. And the last three winners of this have all ranked in the top 10 for scoring average on the PGA Tour when arriving. So people will be now desperately going to the scoring average charts on the PGA Tour website. And it will likely crash because it seems to crash all the time now, PGA Tour website. But, um, yeah... So it's not as if these players that win this haven't been showing that they've been playing some very nice golf. Right. Should be a good week. Let's talk quickly. Let's go through as quickly as we can, Paul, the My Golf Life Open. Have I got that right? You have got that right, yeah. Excellent. Start of a fortnight um, over in uh, South Africa. A um, couple of courses that are new to the tour. Um, a couple of new co-sanctioned makeshift events and yeah as you say this is the my golf life open um my golf life my golf life uh one of these uh, digital rewards platforms for for golfers um which um if you want to check them out i've i've not had a look to see what kind of thing they offer but um i suspect in their, their logo is um, very much like ours yeah, yeah, yeah get the lawyers onto that one Steve. i was gonna say have they stolen that <laughs> Um, it is a co-sanctioned affair with a Sunshine Tour, a million and a half dollars prize fund. So by DP World Tour standards, it's pretty low. By um, Sunshine Tour standards, it's pretty high. So to those, to those guys who are playing from the Sunshine Tour, this is one of the more important events on the season um, from their perspective. Um, often with these co-sanctioned events, it's pretty poor in terms of field, but actually... In relative terms, and it is in relative terms, it's, um, it's it's not a bad field here, really. Dean Bermester leads uh, the betting 16 to 1. Bernd Wiesberger, twice a Rolex Series winner, 20 to 1. Adrian Aus, 25s. Jordan Smith, who's come close a few times recently, 28s. Thomas Detch, who's come close um, all sorts of times, 28 to 1. Oliver Becker, Justin Harding, Pablo Larathamel, Adrian Moronkel, 33s. Uh, Johannes Veerman, um, 35 to 1, 40 to 1 bar those players that I've just read through. Um, not the kind of each way places that we're getting over at Sawgrass, sadly, but uh, a few still gone seven each way, fifth of the odds this week. Paddy Power, Betfair, Labrooks, and Coral, the four bookmakers, offering seven each way, one fifth of the odds if you want some extra places this week. Um, in terms of the course, we're playing the Pekinwood Golf and Country Club. Um, that's on the banks of the Hartbeesport Dam, um, just north of Joburg, west of Pretoria. So we're still in the Hydevelt in South Africa, round about 4,000 feet of elevation, I make it, meaning that altitude, again, is a factor this week. Uh, you can tell that by the design of the course, 7,697 yards past 72. It's a Jack Nicholas design, of course. 
7.7 probably translates down to about 7.2, I'd say, in terms of 7.172 once you've taken the altitude into the equation. So not as long as it would suggest on paper. Um, the whole property, the Jack Nicholas design, it was designed loosely on the PGA West property over in Palm Springs in uh, California. So... You know, think of it as a, a, a golfing commune, I guess. Um, resort destination, um, lots of people going over there to play their resort golf, um, which ultimately means wide fairways. Jack Nicholas designs tend to have a lot of bunkering. There's a lot of bunkering on this course. Um, slick bent grass greens as well. So um, key factors, altitude, width off the tee, lots of bunkers, bent grass greens, Kikuya, rough Kikuya fairways as well. Uh, in terms of the forecast, we've got some rain expected on Wednesday. That should uh, soften the course. Then it's flat calm. I'm expecting some seriously low scores. Yeah, it's going to be a birdie <laughs> fest, mate. God dear. When you, when you look at a forecast like that uh, on a course that's a resort course, wide fairways, um, and then you see altitude. <laughs> altitude. And then you see a deluge on Wednesday, the day before, followed by like one mile an hour winds for the tournament. It's mate. okay. I think we're going to see some red numbers. That's backed up by the fact, I mean, they've played some small, very small events here over the years. Um, the 2018, and you won't recognise any of the names here, so I won't quote them. The 2018 South African Men's Stroke Blade Championship, I'm not even sure what tour that's on. Um, that was one at 27 under par. Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, when you get the professionals coming here um, with the conditions that I'm expecting, it's going to be low. We're going to get some, uh, going to get some numbers this week. Um, we have got a little bit of course form. I've included it in the combination stats this week. It wasn't worth putting an event form sheet together because there's only like five or six players who've got any kind of form. But it is on the combination sheets if you want to take a look. Um, we had two big easy tour events held here last year, um, both over 54 holes. Both of them won at 15 under from 54 holes. So that would suggest a 20 under or deeper um, winning score again you've also got the 2007 event held here um, on the sunshine tour back in the day that was again a 54 hole event 17 under won that from three rounds so again um, yeah all of it points to 20 20 under getting in kind of contention and maybe the winning score deeper still 25 maybe even deeper we shall see um, so yeah, um, key factors, boil it all down, low scoring, Jack Nicholas design. Um, we've seen lots and lots of Jack Nicholas designs, don't we, on the tour. Um, more recently, the London Club for the Kazoo in last year, last summer. Uh, Mount Juliet, which was the Irish Open last year, 2021. And then you've got uh, likes of Mission Hills, Lake Malau, and I've listed a lot of these in my preview. Gut Lachenhof, um, Glen Eagles as well. So there's quite a few dotted around on the old european tour schedule as it was at the time if you want to do some jack nicholas research uh, altitude as i mentioned um at four thousand feet i'd imagine it adds eight ten percent something like that look at courses um uh, the, the joburg courses joburg open uh, sun city as well that's another one that will have comparable kind of altitude to this in terms of um, the differential on the scorecard often with this kind of thing you can read meters instead of yards and that will give you a fair indication of what the true length of a particular hole is um, and Kikuya as I said tee to green bent grass greens I think someone who likes playing 
um, South African style golf or on South African courses, full stop is the, the kind of angle to attack here. Uh, and that's generally the angle that I've taken with my five selections. Um, I've led off with Justin Harding, 33 to 1. Um, he's got lots of South African form, seven Sunshine Tour wins over the years. Uh, he led the South African Open into Sunday in December. That was the event that got uh, demoted back down to just a Sunshine Tour event. Um, he's been playing some really competitive golf of late. It's interesting to listen to his interviews. He seems to have found a new level of serenity on the golf course as well, which um, maybe maybe treat him well over the next few weeks and months. Uh, twice a winner at DP World Tour level. He's won the Qatar Masters. He also won the Kenya Open last year. So again, altitude, again, bent grass greens. He was defending that title last week. So I can forgive him the fact that he finished in a tie for 42nd. Prior to that, 25th in Abu Dhabi at Rolex level, 4th in Dubai. Again, that was Rolex series level. He led into Sunday that week. Mm. Uh, 24th at Saudi. That was um, that was with some real world-class players, wasn't it, in the Saudi International. 9th at Raz Al Khaimah as well. He's making lots of birdies. Last two starts, he's made 43 birdies in total over two starts, and that's without really ripping up the final uh, leaderboard. So um, I think if he plays well this week, gets that putter going which can in the putter can be a bit hit and miss um and if it's hot then this week you'll stand a really good chance if it's if it's flat then he won't so that's what we're gonna gonna hope to see from justin harding this week but um yeah, if we can continue that kind of birdie trend then i think we can uh, we can get a good result out of him at 33s uh, scott jameson i've also backed at 60 to 1 his only win came at that uh well, I've called it farcical in the preview, that Nelson Mandela Championship back in 2012. You'll remember Did, this. Didn't they? I do remember. They played it inside a horse racing track. <laughs> I yeah, believe it, it was, was like a it was literally like going down the local pitch and putt. It, it, it was at the off. end, yeah. Well, it it they they had all sorts of trouble trying to get the uh, the actual tournament completed and in the end they um Topped it down to 36 holes. The final round, they had to reduce the par on a number of the, court, the holes. So they were playing the holes and setting up temporary tee um, positions from like 115 yards out on the fairway just to just to find a spot that they could actually tee from and uh, and, and try and get the event done. And uh, Scott Jameson shot a 57, which of course is yeah, 57. He but. does like low. Sc- <laughs> he's he's been populating leaderboards, Jameson. He hasn't got a lot of. Um, Backbone on Sunday, so you're, you're going to be in for a nasty ride again, Paul. But yeah, I <laughs> shoot low scores, Scott Jameson, and he's very good yeah. in South Africa. Yeah, he's yeah, South African forms there. Um, mm. you know, I, I'm sure he'll want to add a, a regular win to his CV, wouldn't he? But yeah, South African form, as you just mentioned, Leopard Creek has done really well in the past, Schwani Open, mm. Joburg, Volvo Golf Champions, as it was at the time, second at the Ned Bank in 2017 is probably the most tangible piece of form. Sun City, similar kind of altitude to this week. Shot a 60 back at Villamora in 2013. Shot a 61 in Tenerife last year. As you just said, mm. he can go, go low. So mm. um, it was leading at Abu Dhabi as well, wasn't he? Back yeah. at the start of this season. Oh, he played first, well. First, second, third rounds. He was all there before it all went horribly wrong on the Sunday. Shot a 64 last week in Kenya as well. He's he's, he's playing some good golf, Scott Jameson. I just hope that if he gets himself in position on Sunday, that it's not another sob story on episode 201 next week but we'll see <laughs> scott jameson's yeah. in same price sean norris 60 to 1 i thought that was a great price on sean norris 80th in the world 
Um, and he, oh, and that, that ranks as the fifth highest player in this particular field, I make it. Um, he sits around 15th in the betting. He's far, far lower in the betting than he is in terms of his um, his perceived ability or, or world ranking, at least. Uh, a couple of Japan Tour wins last year. Um, already got a DP World top, two, top 10 finish so far in 2022. Lots of experience in the area. He was born and raised in Joburg, lives in Pretoria. Um, he's got some practical experience of the course as well. He was 21st back here in what 2007 15 years ago and being a local i'm sure he played the course a number of times over the years uh, three times he's finished third at the joburg open over the years and lots you know lots of wins over in the japan tour um, oh, mate, i'm just looking sw- at his, the wins in japan are just incredible yeah don't forget yeah. as well i've said this as well there's these these guys if they have a good week they're likely to get into the world match play mm. harding uh, norris 80th is, yeah, he won't have to get into the top 64 because it'll no, be extended top out. 68, 69, something like that. Yeah, yeah, so if he can make a little bit of progress in the world rankings this week, then he's not going to be far away at all, is he? Um, and, no. uh, yeah, as you say, look at those Japan Tour wins. He's won um, at 24 under, so he can he can go low. He can go deep into a tournament. So, uh, so yeah, 61 on Norris. I couldn't resist that. I couldn't resist either um, 100 to 1 on Thriston Lawrence. Mm. Um, and uh, he was the guy. I mean, like like Scott Jameson, I guess he's got one of these thirty six hole farces on his um, on his uh, on his CV. But he won that Joburg Open last year that was um, curtailed due to the Omicron fears at the time. But he still had to shoot sixty five sixty five over those two rounds that were played to win. Um, he's won three times at lower levels in the in the past, so he's, he's clearly a capable lad, isn't he? Second last week in Kenya. Seems to be the sort from looking through his CV, he's looking through his results. Seems to be the sort that strings form together in little clumps. Right. Um, so if he does that again this week, it could easily go 2-1. Two, two, That'd be nice. Hundreds Impressive one player, that Lawrence chap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think there's a bit about him. So uh, one to keep an eye on and one to get behind this week, I think. Uh, so Lawrence is in the hundreds. I've also backed final one, Jane, Jane, uh, Jane, <laughs> Jazz, Jane, what an anon at uh, 80 to one. I almost pronounced that right. Um, yeah. Six times a winner. Again, you know, similar to, similar to Sean Norris. He's got wins over on different tours. Six times a winner on the Asian tour. He's a talented guy. Um, more than capable of winning this level. Two of the, or his last two wins, both came at 23 under par. So he is well capable of going low enough to get a win here, I think. He came closest in Kenya to getting a DP World Tour title last year. He lost in the playoff there to Danny Van Donder. Um, again, that's altitude. Again, that's bent grass greens. Similar kind of conditions to what we expect this week. Um, since then, fourth in the Dubai Championship, another birdie fest. Last couple of weeks, he's been sixth and 11th. Um, on the Asian tour, he's uh, keeping himself in decent nick. I think he's well capable of winning this. So, Jazz is in at eighty to one. Thruston at hundreds. Sean Norris, Scott Jameson, both of them sixty to one. And um, at top of the shop, shop Justin Harding, thirty three to one. My five against the field. Let's hope it isn't a sob story next week. Barry, anyone catch your eye on the uh, on the DP World Tour? No, I'm I'm leaving you with the exclusivity on the pain. Thanks, Barry. Yeah, I just I I just on a week like this, I can't. Um, I just have to focus on the players. I just can't do it. And I know I'd just go throwing flippant bets or even more flippant than usual bets at this if I did kind of look into it. So, um, I'll yeah, all yours, Paul. 
Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. There Focus was one on the name, one. one name that, well, there was actually two. <laughs> there were two names that jump, jumped out at me on the, on the odds sheet. I'm just mm. looking right now. I don't know if he can go low enough, but Ross Fisher. Yeah. He's got a history of yeah. going bang, bang, consecutive tournaments. And he, he played really, really nicely, didn't he, last time out, Ross Fisher, down at... Um, uh, there was it Ras Al Khaimah Classic. Yep, yep. I've seen I'm seeing scores here twenty twenty two under par. Yes, on his resume. I'm not sure he can get to twenty eights and twenty nines, but Fisher, he's won also in Africa, South Africa, the Tshwane Open. Tshwane, yeah. Second, I, second, yeah. second at Ned Bank, third at the Alfred Dunhill. He's just the sort, isn't he? Find he's finding something at last, Ross Fisher. So I might I might have a pound or two pound each way on Ross Fisher at sixty sixes. Relative to this field, you know, if you look at the name Ross Ross Fisher and what he's achieved over his career, then then yes, he will need to putt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, get that <laughs> to get into the mix. Yeah, and that's never a given. But um, when he when he does, and he has done, you know, there's 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 evidence on his. Uh, on his winning totals and his, you know, his, his CV that suggests that every once in a while it does all click, and that you know the, the, the ball striking, the tee to green game can be outstanding if you're setting yourself up with copious amounts of birdie opportunities and you can take one yeah. in three of them. Then, then yeah, the, the the scope. He wasn't exactly so, hot with the putter even last time out. He was fortieth for putts per GIR. I'll never forget Ross Fisher yeah. almost running us over at the uh, Grove one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. more memorable for us than him I expect yeah I'm sure he doesn't <laughs> remember it at all but I remember him almost running us over in his uh, sports car as he was arriving at the course um, I suppose you could also throw potentially a quid or two at Andy Sullivan because as soon as you mentioned 28 under par I always think Andy yeah. Sullivan but um, yeah. he's not playing very well at the moment No, but I, he's a I funny went... sort that could just click Yes, I went down this route with him um, at one of the Raz Al events on the he same did. basis, Mr. and uh, he did nothing. And he, yeah, it, if you saw his name up there and he, he'd just gone and shot a 10 under opening round, it wouldn't surprise you whatsoever. Mm. And should he do that, he probably would stick around and, mm. and you know get himself into a really strong position over the course of the uh, four four. Rounds, yeah, it might be. He might be a first round leader. Look on that basis, um, and uh, see where he goes from there. But, uh, but yeah, as you said, he's, he's just not been firing as he is. Not yet. It's, it's a tough one. Not yet. Yeah. Right. Thank you for your time. I hope your bets go well, gentlemen. Yeah. Best of luck, guys. You too, boys. But We're far too to aligned one. on the players. I'm. I'm really scared. I, it, it could go one of two ways. Yeah, very aligned. Would you, would you take, a, take a second place right now, Steve, and just get to the next week? That's it. Nah, I'd always take a second place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shane's well. Good luck, guys. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Good luck to listeners. We will be back next week for, I think, the Val Spa Championship on the PGA Tour. And what have you got on the Euro? Is it the. Um, it's a weird title. Stain City Championship. I'll have to. I'll go. have to check my pronunciation on that. I think it's is I... it Stein. Stein. Yeah, it's it's, it's, st- it's st- as soon as you mention Stain, right, I always so. remember the South African bowler, which he is a Stain. Yes, so we'll call it that. 
I hope uh, I hope everyone's bets go well. We'll see you again next week. Sayonara. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system. The golf betting system is the golf.